Hey everybody, I need a big score to settle up my debt to this podcast. He's a ticking time bomb, it's Mike. Welcome to Rebels Rebels, the podcast that, you know, just two buds chat batch on. Yeah, totally. Um, it looks like you have a brew today, which is a little, on, on, that's a little wild for you on a Sunday night. You know, it's going to be a two-week day for me. I'm taking off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, so yeah. I'm just rolling to Monday, like, you know. Nice. Um, what, YOLO? There it is. Yeah, wow. there it is. YOLO. You sound very cool and hip. Thanks. Is that, do you think that's still a thing? Do you think YOLO is still a thing? No, I don't think so. Cool. Then I like it even better. I'm drinking a kombucha, so I'm, I'm a bud drinking booch today. Ooh, bud drinking booch, and I'm a bud... Chat and claw. <laughs> yep. I uh, excuse the burps. I usually get burpy on my booch. That's gross. Yep. Um, so, how was your weekend, Michael? Uh, oh, it was great. It was great. We had some wonderful pasta. Mm. A lot of family in town. I'm exhausted, to be honest. Actually, we both had family weekends. Those are both really nice and really like exhausting like so much sensory overload yeah i got back about three hours ago from a cabin with my entire family including two young children who i love to death but man yeah they are a lot yeah that's funny i was with my niece and i have a young one who's two years old but my but then being around a niece and nephew who are five was just like that's a lot yeah, but you know what I am excited for? I am going to be seeing your face in person next week. Wow. A week from today, a little shorter, you're going to be meeting my Bambino for the first time ever. Yeah, but I'm coming down, up. I don't know directions. Down. I'm coming down. Southwest. For for your little buddy's birthday, and we are going to try to squeeze in a podcast that night, too, so we can, yeah. we're we going to pod in the same room. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you might have to just maybe just bring one mic. Well, well, we'll figure it out. Yeah. We don't need to talk about logistics <laughs> on air. I'm sure that's fascinating to everyone, but I was trying I to think, well, was it Rise of Skywalker the last time I saw you IRL? Yeah. Jeez, that's wild. That is really wild. Yeah. It's been that long. A pandemic, you know, I, do you know, we should, t- to be honest, we should be proud of that as two responsible adults taking mm-hmm. the pandemic seriously. Yep. That makes me feel good. Yep. More than, you know. Yeah. So good for us. In closing, it's been a while. It's been a while. Do you want to play our patented card game, Mike? Drop the card music here. Boof. All right. As always, I am opening a pack of eight wide vision trading cards from Star Wars Episode One, aka Mike's favorite movie of all time. Yes, I'm starting to run low on a couple packs, so I don't know. Ooh. I think we'll actually get we'll, we'll be good for this season, but I may, might need to track a couple more of these down. Oh, you got to head down to the gas station get a couple more packs. <laughs> yeah, if anyone knows uh, where I can get some of these wide vision cards, hit us up on Twitter, and I will try to patch Jeez. them up. So as always, I will tell you the subtitle of the card, and you have to guess what the scene is on the front. Are you ready? Yep. Let's do it. First card. We've done one similar before, but it is not a repeat. This one is called A Tasty Treat for Jar Jar. 
Um, let's see. It's it's when they're at in Shmi's house, and he shoots out his tongue to grab a piece of fruit from the bowl. It is when they are in the market, and he shoots out his tongue to grab a frog off of the little frog stand. Wow. I hadn't considered how many times he does this, apparently. <laughs> yes. So on the back it says, Shoot. Padme, Jar Jar, and R2 walk by an outdoor cafe filled with a rough gang of aliens. One one which is especially vicious Doug, Saboba. Jar Jar stops for a moment in front of the stall selling Chuba snacks, which are hanging on a wire, and checks around to see if Garbage. And blah, blah, blah. He eats it. Garbage. Yeah. Would you have, would you have considered that stall... A outdoor cafe? No, it was a market. <laughs> it seems that seems like quite the fancy word for it. Okay. Yeah. I have a ooh, this is a special edition card. I have no idea why. Okay. And I have a feeling you will never get this. This is called the Wait, what am I? I'm two for eighteen now. I think so. I think that's true. This card is called the Reconfigurators. They're at Watto's junk shop. And there's it's Qui Gon, Obi Wan, and Watto standing in front of a pile of junk. No, you are way off, but I do not blame you. It's like that's it's that right before the battle, the oh, droids the are like grabbing their ankles. It's yeah, it's a it's hard to describe. Um, but this is so it's an expansion subset card, and so it's Whatever. called Droid Battle. Um, so it is showing the worst part of the droid battle when they haven't even woken up yet. Dumb. All right. Okay, two for 19. This one, I, I feel good about this one, Mike. This one is called Qui-Gon's Fight for Life. I don't know. It just It's just Qui-Gon at the very end fighting Darth Maul. I will give it to you. It is a yeah. very cool silhouette. Yep. And the yeah. fun thing too is it's the card that appears on the on the cover of the pack too. So it's a heck yeah. shot of him. So on the back it says as the battle for Naboo hangar rages, Darth Maul suddenly appears and a deadly lightsaber battle begins be, begins between he, Qui-Gon, and Obi-Wan. Three for twenty. Three for twenty. Nice. Which reminds me today I just saw some behind the sneak behind the scenes photos behind of the sneaks. Behind the sneaks. <laughs> be, uh, sneak peek behind the scenes photos of uh Ewan McGregor. Honestly one of Ooh. my one of my heroes. Um yeah, Ewan McGregor really into that Apple TV show. Oh, long way down, long way up, long way around. Yeah, yeah, it's why I started writing. It's why I'm interested in motorcycles, and I'm uh, and I'm now a cyclist. Yep. Um, but it's all a picture of him today, and I got really excited thinking about that show coming. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, what do you say we jump in? And we talk about Bad Batch episode seven, Battle Scar. <sighs> I don't know. Should we just skip this one? <laughs> really? Okay, let's talk about it. Okay. I, I didn't know if that's uh, previewing your thoughts about it, but before we get into it, let's see if there are any of text notes Ooh. that we missed, any Easter eggs from the last episode decommissioned. So as a reminder, they always mm-hmm. release on Mondays some behind-the-scenes information about the episode, so we like to look back and see if we missed anything. There wasn't much that we missed. 
That seems to be a theme. We seem to be getting these pretty well every week. But one thing that I thought was good is, do you remember last week we were talking about the Martez sisters? Yeah. They were talking to a droid that was unidentified but seemed to be... Ahsoka's old droid. Ahsoka's old droid, A7R7. According to text notes, it is confirmed, A7R7. So that means that... That means that... Why are you messing with your mic I'm in the so sorry. podcast? It was so I'm so sorry. <laughs> On video, I noticed a button I've never seen here. I'm oh so my sorry. Gosh. <laughs> so I, 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 needed to, I needed to press it. All right. My, my fault. That. It's okay. But like, it has Ooh, a button. confirmed that this is... <laughs> I feel drunk and I'm just drinking kombucha. I think I'm just so tired from the, yeah, from the family weekend. But um, it is confirmed that that is A7R7, which is Ahsoka's droid. So we have an official Ahsoka tie-in to Ooh. this series. And I wonder if that nice. will pay off. Yeah, I kind of doubt it. I would be shocked if she made an appearance. I'm not, oh, I actually, I wouldn't be shocked. shocked. Yeah. Do you know what? After this episode, would not be shocked, actually. It would Fair fit right enough. in. Yeah, so let's talk about the episode. I We start on a planet called Baraka, um, which I thought sounded familiar, and I looked up afterwards. Do you remember where this planet is from? Um, well, Star Wars. The, the, the eight year, Star Wars. the eight year presidency of Barack Obama. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh no! Uh, <laughs> so Baraka, you played. Uh, was a Jedi Knight, Jedi Fallen Order. I didn't know. Uh, okay, so you wouldn't remember it. Uh, Paraka is the shipyard that Cal Kestis worked at. Um, he was actually technically part of the Scrappers Guild. That we oh, saw cool. On here. Oh, so this was a tie-in to that. That's a cool tie-in. That's a really cool tie-in. Um, yeah. Speaking of Baraka, I watched <laughs> Mochi and Waffles on Netflix, which Michelle Obama is in. Ooh. Have you seen I that? I don't know what that is. What's well, Mochi and Waffles? Holy crap. Watch the first episode of Mochi and Waffles. It's a kind of geared towards kids, healthy food show with these puppets that Michelle Obama is in and she produces. Mm. Michelle Obama's in the puppet? No, no, no. She's she's in the show as the uh, shop okay. owner. She is amazing and it just makes me miss her and Brock so much. <laughs> yeah, fair Okay, enough. sorry. Tangent, white claw, okay. move on. It's all right. Hey, did you notice you have a button on the back of your mic? <laughs> Perfect. Um, what does that do? Um, I don't know. We'll find out later. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, so yeah, we are we we are on the planet Braca, which actually I am skipping a step. This isn't chronological, but I thought that was kind of interesting. The first thing I wanted to bring up that was chronological is we see this this heist. That they are on where they are stealing a space lizard. Yeah. You remember this? Yeah. It was odd. You know what's fun to me? Did what? you know that lizards are canonical in Star Wars? Yeah, you see one on Dagobah and Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, so But the weird thing is like just straight up lizards. Like I thought not they, space like, lizards or no, anything. They're in just Star lizards. Wars, they would be called like Lombardos or some weird thing, and they would try to like tell you it's from some other planet. Nope, you look it up on Wikipedia. On Wikipedia, it just says lizards. Yeah, so it sounds right. Lizards and snakes are both just part just called of what the they state. are. They're just they just are what they are. I'm pretty sure horses are just called horses too. 
There are horses in Star. Where are there horses in Star Star Wars? So in uh, the Phantom Menace and Naboo, there are two massive statues of horses like rearing oh. in front of the palace, and it's so it made it canonical that horses are in <laughs> Star Wars. I love that. That's yeah. so good. Um, but yeah, I have some other fun things about this episode is Rex. How did you feel about seeing our old buddy? Oh, Rex? wow. We're jumping in. Okay. Yeah, um, why not? Let's, let's don't bore yeah, us. Get okay. to the chorus. Well, if you remember it last week, we predicted who potentially, uh, these, the, I don't know if I Martez. Martez sisters are reaching out to, mm-hmm. we had guessed Ahsoka, maybe Obi-Wan, maybe Bale, and then we threw out a wild shot, and we said, or maybe Rex. Was that a wild shot? I feel like that was just my, my a assumption normal one? that it was oh, okay. Rex. Oh, okay. Well, we confirmed it. It was yep. Rex. Um, It wasn't... It didn't feel like a great reveal, only because there's a bunch of clones. He's another clone. It didn't... It wasn't a moment... For me personally, it wasn't a moment... It was a moment for me because of our friend Jonah Marie Masias mm, and her name. Blue Jay guys. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I like that. You know what I do like about it though, is I like that they got to it. You know, it's not like in the Mandalorian where they mention Ahsoka and then it takes like three episodes before we see Ahsoka. That's fair. I like that. It's just, you know, this is happening. Cool. Here we go. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. I mean, we've talked about it a lot. This the show seems to have a lot of Bridger episodes, um, but you know they get to it, which is nice. It doesn't feel like a lot of dilly dallying. It's they're still building out the world. They're still moving the plot forward, even if we haven't gotten to the exact meat of the show yet. It's well, it's interesting you say that because I was thinking that, but kind of on a different from a different side of thinking. No. Wow, they they laid. The tra- the they put so many breadcrumbs along the trail to Wrecker has an inhibitor chip in his mind in mm-hmm. his brain, like almost from episode two they started doing this and what now we're in episode what is this six seven wow seven yep and so the the breadcrumb trail led to this to this moment in this episode mm-hmm. was it worth that much time and effort. I don't. I didn't mind it. I did actually read that complaint online. Um, my personal feeling is that I think that it wasn't that much effort to use the phrase you just said. I think they just kind of like sprinkled it in every once in a while. It was a throwaway yeah. thing in a couple episodes, and then it kind of it built this tension that uh, was leading to something. See, yeah, it didn't never, feel. Th- it didn't feel throwaway to me. It felt very like, pay attention, pay attention. It wasn't like, because they didn't, uh, we should maybe fact check this, but I think in episodes two, three, four, five, and six, so five episodes, Wrecker had a headache at some point in every episode. I want to fact check that. And, but that that is what the overkill is. Do it in th- two episodes. Fair enough. I guess it just didn't bug me. And I think if you if you change the framework of what your expectation was, I never expected the wrecker thing to be like the big reveal to culminate the season or the big mm, conflict. I okay. think the big conflict's gonna be 
them facing crosshair. And so yeah. to me, this was more of a function of how do you get Rex into the story and how do you tie them into the greater rebellion? Because these these inhibitor chips gave them a reason for Rex to be like, hey, let's go on a mission together. Let's learn more about it, about this. Uh, okay. Instead of it being like the breadcrumbs that led to kind of the culmination of the season. Okay. But so I, yeah. could, I could see why that would be disappointing. I, I was thinking, I had this theory in my in my mind that I never voiced that it was going to be the last episode, say te- episode 10 was going to be crosshair returns and he somehow forces wreckers inhibitor chip on like already vulnerable inhibitor chip into overdrive or something. And then it was crosshair and wrecker versus the rest of the crew mm-hmm. and to kind of even the scales a little bit and make that match a little more even. Yeah, um, I could see that. I, so I guess my expectations were leaning there, and it felt a little. Um, but all in all, I think this episode was really successful. Mm. I all that said, like I would love the. Yeah, there's tons of positive things about this episode. Yeah. You know, I have to say. You know what I like is that we have a Star Wars podcast where we talk about theories all the time, and you have theories that you just don't want to talk about on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Or it's less that and more that I just think about them off the podcast. (laughs) I should have brought that up. Yeah, Yeah, I know. This is the perfect place to say it. (laughs) Um, Do you know what else is another thing I like is, is when they first see Rex, and he's like, Oh, I'm trying to keep a low profile, but he's just wearing his armor. <laughs> well, he had a robe over it. He had like but... a parka on over it, but you could like clearly see his armor underneath, yeah, like his arms sticking out. I, I doubt his legs are covered. Yeah. It doesn't feel that that low key. So back to the very beginning of the episode, yeah. let's talk about the big reveal. And what was that? Mantel mix. <laughs> yeah. What does it taste like? What is it? Because to me, it just looks like. I think it just, I mean, I'm imagining that it's just like, what is that? Popcorn, the caramel popcorn. It just looks like that. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. I assumed when I heard that, that that was some tie into Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland. Oh, good one. The weird thing is I did look it up. They do have two different flavors of popcorn and they look exactly like Mantel Mix. They have the different colors and things like that. Um, But Evidently, they're not. There's one that's called like something grain mix, and it's just regular popcorn. It just tastes like movie popcorn, um, but it's different colors. And then they have another one that's called like I don't know. It's it's some other mix, but it's not Mantel mix. I forgot what it was. Uh, and that mess. one, I really want to try it. I I, I heard a, a Disneyland food reviewer describe it as a mix between sweet and like like sweet lime flavor mixed with chili and they said it kind of tastes like fruity pebbles with a little bit of spice to it that sounds actually really interesting to me that sounds disgusting fruity pebbles with what i'm imagining (laughs) is fruity pebbles with like cayenne pepper yeah yeah i don't get it that's okay we'll do a disneyland trip together and we'll we'll, we'll eat it which is funny because in our youth we once did that yeah that's true we, we quite a few times went yeah. to Disneyland. Uh, interesting. Okay. Um, also, I want to talk about the reveal of Rex. The moment you know, you see like 
I always think when you see someone in the dark corner of a bar with a hood over, it's like Aragon from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So it's, it's the Aragon Strider Lord of the Rings moment. And then when the Bad Batch, you hear a blaster fire and they all run out. Which I, what I thought was funny is the two people that Rex scared off. It's not like he did anything. Apparently he just <laughs> shot a blaster. Yeah. And... You, I was expecting a body. Yeah, and but so apparently he just like shot at the wall and like oh he's got a blaster run. But then I also thought it was really weird that his blaster was smoking. I don't know. Do blasters smoke? I feel like we've seen that. Okay, before. I was just like, I, I didn't really. I, I it sound it seems familiar, but I can't pinpoint exactly where we've seen him before. Hmm. Yeah, I did think it was really funny though that that Thorian's like, "You're in my scene." And yeah. then all of a sudden, he's like, "Oh no, he's got a plaster." And just yeah, away. he didn't get he, shot or anything. He's just like, "Oh no." Yeah, he didn't get punched. He didn't get over. He was just like, uh, like apparently, because it seems like blasters are a pretty common thing to carry. But I don't yeah, know. that's another thing. Why would they be scared? It's like you wouldn't be scared if you're in the wild west and someone pulls out a six shooter. It just shoots the ceiling. You'd be like, "Yeah, I have one too." Yeah. So but what are you gonna do with it? Yeah. There was one thing I wanted to talk to you about um, that Rex said is, this is a quote, he said, very few clones were immune to the order, to the effect of Order 66. It's rare. So he specifically said very few clones were immune to Order 66. He didn't say, was he only referring to the clones that had their inhibitor chips removed? And the Bad Batch? Or are there other clones out there that for one reason or another didn't fall to fall prey to order 66. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, it seems like specific wording and yeah. Lucasfilm doesn't yeah, usually drop little things like that without it having a reason. It definitely feels like legalese. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're being careful to keep the door open. Um, well, I guess the bad batch is a perfect example of <laughs> clones who didn't have their inhibitor chips taken out. Yeah, and I mean, um, we can tell that Rex is likely starting to get involved with early versions of yeah. the Rebellion. I wonder if there's some sort of clone troop that fought with the Rebellion of all the people who got their chips removed or didn't affect them for one reason or another. Uh, yeah, it's... I don't know if it's... I... I I don't know. My gut tells me it's less of an Easter egg and more of, like I said, this legal terminology to make mm -hmm. sure the doors are open for the future. And it's not a definitive statement that, you know, will henceforth be held as truth. Fair. I get that. You know what I actually think it might be is, you know, how in Rebels they said that Rex fought on Endor. And so everyone thinks that it's the... The guy with the the old guy with the beard. Oh, which is confirmed. In of the Jedi. Which I thought was confirmed. It was. So it's confirmed he fought on Endor. It wasn't necessarily confirmed. So there's they gave that guy another name, like something Zant. Uh, huh. But I don't remember if that's canon or if that's legends. And so I wonder if it's like maybe they said that somewhere canon, like, no, 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 that's not Rex. That's blah, 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 Zant or whatever his name is. And so this is just their way to be like, oh, no, there are plenty of clones on, on Endor that were fighting with the Rebellion. And they're setting up like this, maybe the Bad Batch is just going to expand into them being in the Rebellion 
leading and fighting with other clones that also defected. I mean, that's cool. I hope. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I, de- I definitely don't think it's unlikely. Yeah. I guess I just, I'm like, I'm thinking, I know we talked about this on the last episode of the podcast, but there was that comic arc featuring this like bad batch esque <laughs> troop of stormtroopers who yeah, like, else, yeah, yeah, who had like, um, I don't know. What were they called? They're like task force something. Scar. Scar. Yeah. Scar squadron. That's it. Yeah. So I don't know. It seems like it's like they love doing this thing. So maybe they're just keeping the door open, but I I can't think of who else Rex would be referring to specifically. Yeah. Um, Those are my only thoughts about Rex. I don't know if you had any other Rex thoughts. Um, I do kind of like that. It doesn't look like he's going to be a continuing figure in this at least yeah. for a while it looks like he's going his own way and then eventually you know the little nugget was dropped if you ever need us let me know so which was a funny end because um i'm not tracker why can't i remember <laughs> it's funny i i really struggle with like wrecker is the only person's name i can remember i feel like it's because the names are really generic so you know? wrecker let's name them wrecker hunter Tech. Tech. Um, Crosshair. And Crosshair. And then um, I wanted to say Zero, but that's not his name, is it? Echo. Echo. That's right. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Those are, they're so generic. It's hard to remember. Yeah. So, anyways, Hunter, when Rex said that, said to him, Hey, you know, uh, and you know how to reach us if you ever need us. And I'm like, why, why that line? There was, I'm like, I'm like, how, how, you know, how, how you haven't told the audience, how, how, how is he going to reach you? Yeah, I guess that is true. They didn't really tell us. Um, and, but I think the reason why is first, I think it sets up this exact thing is people might feel, oh man, that's all we're going to get from Rex. And now it's, you know, leaving the door open for those stories. Um, another thing too, is I, I kind of like, I like this idea that they're free agents, you know, they're, uh, they, and they're, they're badass free agents. Right. So you would think like the Mandalorian, it's, you know, we're making all these friends across the galaxy. So when the Mandalorian's in trouble, all of his friends are going to come and fight on his side and help him out. I kind of like this idea that, you know, they're the ones that might be called in to help out a lost yeah. cause. Maybe the fledgling rebellion is going to die. It's going to be snuffed out real early. And Rex is able <clears throat> Rex is able to get word to his Bad Batch buddies, and they're the ones who are able to kind of save the day and let this tiny little rebellion move on. I think that's kind of a cool dynamic and a little different than what we would usually see in a show like this. Yeah, I think that's fair. I I like that. Yeah. Um another another note about this episode, something I loved. And I don't know if it's because I listened to this episode with uh I listened with uh earphones this week. Mm-hmm. I usually just watch it on TV. The music was amazing. Mm, nice. I, I didn't notice it. I I think it was because I had earphones on. I I, I mean 
it's Kevin Kleiner who did. We've 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 talked about all through our arc with Rebels how good the music was with the Rebels, and so I am not surprised that he's yeah. still killing it. Holy crap! There was I have some notable moments I want to read of just yeah. like wow, the sound was good. Um, there was a moment when a really tense moment when Wrecker grabs Tech's throat and he's kind of like Ooh, holding him yeah. and it's this really tight moment. There's just the most like amazing like sub deep music happening like mm-hmm. Super Tron that I thought was really cool. There was another moment um, oh gosh what was this moment uh, when he's apologizing to Omega which I thought was a really sweet moment and it was actually yeah one of the more genuine kind of sweet moments I thought was happening, but the music was so good. It was like this almost chill hop esque, like lo-fi beat music happening in the background. Mm. I don't know. I just, I thought the music in this episode was uh, really well done. I like that. I'll have to keep an eye, uh, ear out for that. I've always, I've noticed too, that I really like the, the bad batch intro where it's just like the, uh, yeah, like, it's such a cool, subtle you touch. I really like that. Well, it's, yeah, and I appreciate these quick intros, like Rebels has one, mm-hmm. and Clone Wars, similarly. Just, like, quick intros. Yeah. We don't need, like, sitcom intros where it's, like, <laughs> snapshots of, like, Hunter and, like, yeah. Crosshair and Record. Like, <laughs> I like these very pithy Yeah. We don't stuff, need, yeah. like, turmoil in the galaxy, blah, 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 no. blah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it just if it, it that it feels because I, I understand the storytelling mechanism behind the recap, but something about the recap feels really apologetic in storytelling to me. Mm. Like, yeah. I, 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 and maybe it's more to do with the place we are in TV culture, where binging is big and. We we can rewatch episodes readily. We don't need the recap anymore. Anymore, it just mm-hmm. it's not something we need. And when recaps are forcibly introduced, to me it means they're somewhat apologizing for the bad job they did, laying the seeds for the things mm-hmm. to come. So like, okay, hey, remember we said this thing. Remember that. Watch, look for this. And I think some epi- I think some shows do that as apologies for not doing things well. And so I think it's when episode when shows like The Bad Batch don't do that, it's somewhat of a statement of I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, we did that well enough. Here's the next one. Totally. I think and going back to what you were saying about the moment between Wrecker and Omega, another thing about just yeah, feeling confident in your storytelling and doing things well. I think that's another uh, that's another I like how they are showing that Omega isn't just some like thrust upon them kid. They're not reluctant parents, you know, with Mandalorian. It's like, Oh, I don't want this baby. Oh, I guess I'll do it. All right. I guess it's my duty. And so many of these shows, it's like, and video games and movies, it's like, you know, I'm stuck with this kid who's annoying to me, but it's like, you know, they are trying. They might not have the skills, to be a good parent. They might have, might not know exactly how to be there for Omega, but they're trying. And I think Wrecker, especially we see so many times where, you know, what does he know about taking care of a little kid, but he's really 
He's making her a room. He's going out for their tradition to get, oh. what is it, Mandel mix. Mandel mix, to, yeah. Together. And, you know, in this moment where he did something that would have been really scary to this young person, really yeah. traumatic, he validated her feelings and went out there. And it, the, the thing that I would have hated is that thing where he goes, hey, about about what happened. She's like, I know you don't have to say anything. I'm like, no, say it. Like, that's like, that is being a human. Like, let's validate these person's feelings, yeah. build connections and relationships. Like, that's how those things grow. And I really like that he, he apologized and explained himself <laughs> and was like, was like, Hey, like, I don't want to hurt you. And I think that was, I think like, I like that touch just on its face, but it also builds some really good stuff in the, in the, that tension about Wrecker's transformation too, because, you know, it was crazy when Crosshair kind of flipped and went bad, but it didn't have the emotional weight. You know, this had yeah. a lot more emotional weight because it was like a big brother or a father figure turning yeah. on Omega. It wasn't just like some random person. Um, and I, I thought that really, really works. And it's all subtle storytelling that's cool. Yeah. Uh, one of the points that kind of brought about some thoughts was I, I feel like in older television you or storytelling in general, mm-hmm. you would have seen th- th- that scene would have played out different. You would have seen Wrecker kneel down to Omega to say something. And to your point, she would have interrupted him and said, you don't need to say it. I know what you're going to say. It's okay. And I think that kind of really cheap storytelling is often to allow men not to be vulnerable or allow men not to own their mistakes. And so I love that Omega puts her hand on his shoulder and looks at him readily like, yes, go on, say it. Mm -hmm. And Wrecker has to express his regret to her like authentically because I hate that in storytelling of like mm. men get the pass on. No, you don't have to be vulnerable. You don't have to apologize. I won't make you look silly here. I'll I'll let you maintain your masculinity. Yeah, and I lo- and I think that is such a male centric way of writing because we're afraid of that moment. Yep, exactly. Fight the patriarchy, Omega. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. good. She, yeah, she was like, "Go ahead, say it." <laughs> Yeah. Go ahead. Say it. That was yeah. a good moment. I thought it was good. That was great. I love, yeah, you expressed that perfectly. We're on the same wavelength. Um, I don't have a ton more um, to say about this episode until we get to the Easter eggs, except for, so I did find out, I know we were talking about how many episodes were left and we were kind of never actually took the time to look into it. We have two more episodes left. So Whoa, eight episodes. Nine. This is episode seven. So oh, fudge. Nine. And episode one was kind of long. Yeah. It was an hour and a half. So that's true. So it's more like a 10 episode series. So I'm thinking, I mean, if I'm trying to project out what's going to happen, my guess is I feel like this, a lot of ways, this, the show has been parallel, been parallel, parallelizing, uh, has been parallel to the Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, I agree. And I feel like this is probably going to end much like Mandalorian season one. We saw that they were discovered by the scrapper guild and they called in the empire. So we know that crosshair is likely on his way 
And I am assuming with a lot of forces in tow. So I think they're probably setting up a showdown because we didn't see them leave the planet. So they're probably going to have a showdown on Bracca um, against Crosshair and his troops. And so, you know, I was hoping maybe there would be some big universe tying thing, but it looks like they're just going to try to close this Crosshair story. And I, I'd expect there's probably some big cliffhanger, kind of like the Darksaber at the end. I'm not sure what that cliffhanger is going to be. Um, maybe Ahsoka shows up. I don't know. Um, but mm. that is my prediction. Is yeah. We're going to get a, a very Mandalorian-esque season one ending to this. Yeah. I I don't have any predictions, to be honest, at, at this stage in episode seven. I don't know. I uh, if Crosshair didn't come back, it would... <laughs> that would be very weird. It'd be weird. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're also the... I think he'll come back. And is not accounted uh, for, so true. maybe they're yep. going to join forces. Yep. They would come back to... And maybe, to my earlier point, they would come back together as an equitable force against the remaining mm. Bad Batch. Um, That's a I, good point. That, that, yeah. that might... Because if the battle is going to happen on Bracca, they still have that machine that fixes the the chips in there. Oh, holy moly. What a call out. They'll take yeah. him, use that. Oh, Peter, that's a hundred percent what's gonna happen. Oh. oh my gosh. This is I I'm looking forward to it. It's not even like a spoiler or anything like that where I'm like, Oh, that's not, I'm like, Oh, that's gonna be sick. I can't wait. Oh, they've they've I mean storytelling leaves Good storytelling, I think about Harry Potter, leaves little pieces that connect to the end all the time. Just like this very episode left little pieces where, like, you see the rat in the beginning hiding behind something. And then Wrecker at the end thinks it's Omega, opens the cupboard, and the rat runs out. Like You leave these little elements that all tie in. And so this inhibitor chip moment at this on this Jedi cruiser ship is the perfect place. For crosshair to be uh, uninhibited, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So before we get to Easter eggs and the such, do you have anything else to talk about on this episode? No, that's it. Cool. So the only remaining thing is that we will talk about the Easter eggs. So I'm sure you kept an eye out for the shipyard at Braca, this junk planet for any notable ships. I'm sure there's some other stuff hidden in there. Maybe we'll see in text notes next week, but among the rubble of the scrapyard, um, there were like Republic cruisers and some other cool ships on there. I can't independently verify this, but I did see somewhere online, you see a Y wing and they were saying that that is the Y wing that Rex used to escape the cruiser crash oh. finale. So yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Kind of a notable ship in there. Um, another one, I mean, this is more of just to note it for the canon because it's important to us is the Rokai is what those people who they stole the lizard from are called. The people they're running away from. Huh. Never heard um, of them. Yeah, me neither because they are new to the canon. So um, ah, I assume there's some sort of t- crime syndicate, but we will see if they ever pop up. But they are, they are a new element in Star Wars. I was waiting for the last thing you were going to say there. Star Trek? I I caught myself from saying Trek. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. I just got done watching Deep Space Nine, so the wires are still semi-crossed. 
Crocs. <laughs> you, are you wearing Crocs right now and watching Star Trek? <laughs> Pretty much. Okay, cool. Um, the last interesting thing is, did you realize that that tentacle monster that we saw is a Dianoga? That's wild. I did not. But what's funny is I thought when they, at the beginning of the episode, when they were saying, oh, don't, you know, stay mm-hmm. above the water. The first thing I thought of was, oh, because it's a Dianoga. But then when I saw the squid creature, I thought, is that, yeah. my honest thought was, oh, this is a water Sarlacc? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is interesting because we've never seen the face of a Dianoga. So the Dianoga, for those of you who don't know that creature name, is the kind of tentacle monster that grabs Luke when they're in the garbage masher in A New Hope on the Death Star. Um, and we've only seen the tentacles so far. So yeah, it looks like it's kind of like a ball with... I mean, it kind of looks like the monsters from uh, from Force Awakens. What yeah, those, those tentacle things. Rathars. Yeah, Rathars. And so yeah. the reason I know this is because I watched with the cap- captions on, and it said oh. specifically something about the Dianoga, like oh. the sound or something like that. So That's funny. Um, yeah. Also, the Dianoga has a great little short story mm-hmm. in uh, from a certain point of view. Yep. Yeah, it makes the the Dianoga a much more tragic figure. So if you haven't checked that out yet, uh, you should. Oh, I need to, which reminds me, I need to watch and read from a certain point of view, uh, Empire. From a certain point of view, part du. Part du. Yep. Cool. Did you have any other notes about this episode? Um, Nope. That's it. Nice. So, Peter... You know how we end every episode, right? Uh-huh. Do you know? Do you remember? Uh-huh. We uh-huh. do a sidekick scale. That's right. On our current most favorite sidekick to our current least favorite sidekick. Do you want to give an uh, example? Yeah. So my current favorite sidekick, I always forget if I say Baby Yoda or Ahsoka in this, but I think I'm going with Ahsoka is yep. my favorite. Yep. Um, and my least favorite is no hate. I love him, but we got to be real. Jar Jar Banks. <sighs> Misa, sorry. <laughs> yep. So between those two, I'm going to give this episode a Ponda Baba. Um, oh, that's funny. Yeah. Cause I'm assuming, I mean, I don't know if we know this specifically, but I'm assuming Ponda Baba is the sidekick to Evazon, Dr. Evazon. So okay. Dr. Evazon's like the guy with the messed up face who's like, yeah, who's, he's the plastic he surgeon. Like you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Ponda Baba is like the tarantula looking monster yep. that doesn't like Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's iconic. I love it. I mean, I'm not going to, it's not enough to make it like an A plus or anything like that, but you know, I'd say that's a, you know, that's a good B. Wow. Okay. I, I don't know if you remember this, but last episode I used Pond Baba as my rating scale oh, I to infer that. a C plus. So funny. now we're showing, which is great. Because I'm going to use a sidekick you've re- referenced <laughs> from a different point of view right now. So on my scale of K2SO being the best sidekick mm-hmm. to Jar Jar, no hate, being the worst sidekick, I give this episode a Savage Opress, mm-hmm. which you have previously used as a lower mark, and I will say is one of the better sidekicks in Star Wars. Yeah. To give this episode an A minus. 
Nice. Did I, I feel like I gave it like a B or a B minus. Like it's not like a, it's not. A, I mean, I guess it is lower than yours. I think my I like. I think Savage Press is dope as hell, but it just kind of goes out pretty quick. Goes out. Oh, he goes out so well against. But yeah, he just gets Dooku. You know, he goes out like a whip. No, he no goes out I like, think he goes out oh, against, that's one uh, of the most iconic. Palpatine. Oh yeah, but it's one of the most iconic Clone Wars episodes to me. Yeah, Anyways, it's an A minus because I, I like think that. this episode, like Savage Press and his his exit, is one of the better episodes in the Bad nice. Batch. I mean, t- to be honest, this is probably episode one was the best so far, and episode seven here is the second best. Nice. I like um, that. I, I am excited because I feel like it is setting up something very cool. For the finale, so yeah, we're ramping up. I'm hoping this is the exit up episodes two through six were bumpy. Seven seems to be picking it up. Yep, I've got to imagine the next two episodes are going to be uh, essentially a part one and a part two, and it's going to be a good one. So yeah, I am excited. Cool, Mike. Do you want to tell people where they can find us on the internet? Oh, on Instagram. That white claw is making you sleepy. Oh, no, baby is making me sleepy. Having your <laughs> kids enough. making me sleepy. We, we we never record this late. Yeah. Uh, my bedtime is creeping up here in 15 minutes or so. Um, you can find us on Instagram <laughs> or Twitter at RebelsRebelsPod and email us at RebelsRebelsPod at gmail dot dose. Yep, that's the nail that... I had, I had <laughs> cool. a kombucha which has tea in it, so I am I'm ready to party. <sighs> So I'm going to go rage, everyone. Please tell your friends about the pod if you enjoy what we do. That is the only way we're spreading is word of mouth. And thank you so much for listening. And we're excited to talk more Batch with our buds. That's right. And until next time, remember to be brave out there. Don't look back. Don't look back. Bye. Bye.